Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We welcome the word of the Lord in the house tonight. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. If I was Santa Claus, I'd return to the North Pole. Speak to us, Lord. I would not come down the chimney tonight. Speak to us, Lord. Hallelujah. If your mind is not awake, a revelation will come and you will miss it or you will say, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? And then you will distract somebody else. What do you say? But if you're listening, you're ready to receive. Just like if it was a thousand dollars, you're ready to receive. And some knowledge that you can't put a price on. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. I believe that this is a knowledge you can't put no price on. You, you can't compare this to money. Hmm? Because without this, money has no value. And with it, money will find you. You cannot put a price on everything. And Jesus is everything. Amen. All right, where's the elves? Get the gifts, let's go back. My elves pick up all the gifts, we're going back. Not because we're Scrooge, but we just ended up in the wrong house or something. I don't know. I don't see no Christmas decorations. I don't. Because hmm? this message tonight is very simple. And it's so simple. You'll miss it. Now, last week or two we've been talking about religious love versus spirit love. Now, I'm going to speak a few things in case there's some people that was absent at one of the teachings. But I'm going to speak it to the rest of us that we may embrace it anew. We have the Old Testament and we have the New Testament. Now, that's not just the Old Testament and the New Testament. That is the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Covenant and the law was a shadow and only a copy of what was in heaven. It means that it was just a shadow. It was not the real thing. It was just a copy. And we know that the commandments and the Old Testament was put in charge to lead us to Christ, which is the new covenant. Right? And a covenant is another word as a contract or even a marriage. That is a contract. Sometimes you don't realize you're signing a contract. 
You might realize you're signing your life away. It's a contract. <laughs> so many times when we hear covenant, because we're not familiar with that word, we don't understand that we are talking contract. Now, the old contract was a contract, what I would call the law of love. The law of sin and death. If you do this, I will do this. The same law you implement on your children. If you clean your room, I will. Right? And obviously the Israelites was not good at cleaning their rooms. <laughs> and we're not very good at cleaning our rooms. So it's the law of love. That's the old contract. And then we have the new covenant in the new contract, which is the spirit of love. And there's a big difference between the spirit of love and the law of love. So the old was put in this place to lead us to Christ, to lead us to the new covenant. Because the Lord knew we couldn't do this one, right? It's much like this. You think your children, as small as they are, you think they love you. And then when they get older... They unlove you. But the truth is, your children are not born loving you. They're born dependent upon you. You don't know if your children love you until they don't need you anymore. Only then will you know whether or not if those offsprings love you. Think about it. We have it backwards, you know. We think, my child was so loving when they was young. It was so nice. And now, they don't, now they're talking back. They, 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 they're nasty. They're rude. I don't know what happened to my child. Nothing has happened to your child. Your child is getting to a place where they're not as dependent upon you. And now we find out whether or not if your child is loving or not. That you're the best mama and the best daddy in the whole world. That was strictly the law of love. Jesus says, if you love those that love you, what credit is that? That don't count as love. If, if you love somebody and they love you, that does not count as love. So when Jesus said, if you love those that love you, even demons do that. Even sinners do that. That's no credit. So even in that statement, he was disqualifying the Old Testament law, which is a law of love. So your children did not love you back then. They was dependent upon you. They love you just like children love the ice cream man when he drives around the corner. When they get to be teenagers, then you begin to realize if they love you or if they don't love you. But they didn't just turn against you. They was never yours to start with. Hmm? Because I, I assure you that if you won the lotto, your children would begin to love you again. Yes. 
So we've implemented that law. That law is in the entire world. We all live under this law of sin and death. Do right, you know, what you sow, you reap. We all live under that. And that was the beginning. Now, just as I brought about this illustration, a wonderful illustration of your children, and you thinking they all at once they decided not to love you, that is not true. They never loved you. It wasn't bad character that corrupted them. They was always corrupt. Now, while you're chewing on that and embracing that, think about it. Now, we was not born in the Old Testament days, but we are born under law. So it's almost like we was born under the Old Testament because we're under this law. Even though we know to call upon Christ and we know to, that he's the sacrifice and not an animal, we still are under law. And that leads us to the new covenant. Even though we are Christians and we call on the name of Jesus, we're still by law because we're still under this mentality that if I come to church, if I do good, then God will bless me. True? So we're under this law. Now, there's a word that most of us know in the church called backsliding. That word technically does not exist. In the King James, you might find a, a few emphasis to it. You might find the NIV says they turned away from. But in, in reality of this revelation, you did not backslide. You never belonged to him. Because you was only serving him to get what you want. You were serving him to get your wife back. You were serving him to get your husband back. You were serving him to get a job. So you were serving out of law and not out of love. So technically when people backslide, they don't really backslide. And we would say that they turn away. What we mean they turn away is they turned away from the religious way they used to portray that they love God. But in reality, they never backslid. They never was his. Because when you get to the place that you don't feel you need him anymore, then you have no love for him anymore. And there's two ways we come to that, that condition of feeling that we don't need him anymore. One is he has nothing to offer us or his, his um, wisdom is old-fashioned. It's not doing nothing for me now. So I don't have the same love that I had for Christ when I come in. And the reason you don't have the same love for Christ when you come in is because you did not love him back then as much as you thought you loved him. You only loved the law of love. You only loved what you thought you could get out of it. Which is religious love. And as I've been relating this, you know, for the past week or two, it's the same concept. Marriage is a religious love. We make this covenant with our husband or wife to get back. I don't know why I'm on this side so much. Evidently, the ears over here don't want to hear. But I, I realize I'm on this side a lot. I don't know. I, I get about right here and I get pushed back. And 
I told you this is more valuable than money. So you, you come to Christ just as you come to the marriage and you made a covenant with God. Lord, come into my life. Hmm? Live inside of me because you got good things for me. Live inside of me because you're going to take away my depression. Live inside of me because you're going to open doors for me. But when you realize, and, and this is the, the law of love, and then when you get to this place over here and you think, I don't know why I don't, I don't feel the love like I used to. Because your greed is giving up. Your selfishness is giving up. And the truth is you never loved him as much as you thought you did. You just want God's things. So this is the law of love, but it's to move us to the spirit of love. What is the spirit of love? The law of love is when if you don't behave, I'm going to give you a beating as a child. Or if you don't behave, I'm going to take away your cell phone. If you don't do good, that's the law of love. But the spirit of love is when your child gets bigger than you, taller than you, don't need you. Now, if they show you love, that's the spirit of love. Not the law of love. We make this way too complicated. The Old Testament is about the law of love. And it's about the temple that is about the law of love. That's what the Ten Commandments are. This is what you do. If you love, and this is the way we have this covenant. So we have this covenant, just like as a small child, you do this. You never realized your mother and father implemented the law of sin and death. If you don't do it, you die. So you don't, you don't see, this explains the Old Testament and the New Testament. You can't buy this anywhere. This explains the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the law was put into effect to lead us to Christ, which is he is, the, he is the high priest of a new covenant, same temple, high priest of a new covenant, but it's the law, and it calls it the law. Paul says it's a law of the spirit of love. So now I love my parents because my, they're my parents. I might even tolerate them because I love them. Hmm? Yes, I don't talk back because I love them. Hmm? Hmm? Or maybe I talk back, but mom and daddy can't catch me now. See, the truth is you was never a loving child. As parents, we was deceived, but God is not deceived. So when we come into the church and we get saved, and we think that is salvation, but the Bible says, continue to work out your salvation. We think because we accepted Christ, that means that we love him. No, we're like the people that was following Jesus around, and Jesus says, you follow me, not because of life. You follow me because you, 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 you ate food. That's why you're following me. You think you love me. You, you think you love me. But the, the evidence is there that you don't love me. And it, it takes us. So we're in this law 
of love here and we're working back and forth and we're praying and, and we're receiving and we're getting this law of sin and death this law of love but then we get to a place over here where we don't need God as much or we don't think he's fulfilling as much so we're looking for other means and other ways to achieve so it's just like our parents you know we, we've not grown up we don't need them anymore so I don't have to I don't have to respect the Lord like I used to this is why my love for God is dead because I never had love I had lust now father Abraham it says that it was credited to him as righteousness and credited to him as faith but the reality is Abraham in the beginning followed God because God told him I'm going to make you more numerous than the sand than the stars in the heavens I'm going to give you the land of Canaan. So Abraham is following God. This law of love, you do this, you do this. I make a covenant with you. I promise you, if you clean your room, I'll do this. But then there comes a place when Abraham has come to this place and it doesn't look like his prophecy is, is going to fulfill what God told him. But God's promise to you is always yes and amen. But he's over here. You know, even Sarah, you know, they try to, try to make it happen in another way. But that other way don't happen. But here's with Abraham. Abraham remained faithful to God. He, he loved God. Hmm? So when you get out of the law of love and you come over to the spirit of love, do you love God? Or is your love religious? Religious means you're getting paid for it. When we talk about religiousness, right? we talk about churches being religious, we don't understand that it's their love that's religious. And, and what makes it religious? What it, it, We would say it's a ritual. It's something you do over and over. No, it's something you do for money. I don't know what your wife costs and what your husband costs that you want to purchase, but it's all about money. It's all about a commodity. That's what makes it religious because you're doing it under the Old Testament law, even though you're claiming Christ, but you're treating Christ as the same way as the Old Testament is under that law. It's not under the spirit of love. The spirit of love is I love him no matter what. I don't have to be paid to be here. I love him. My promises may be, something may be hindering them, but I love him. That's the spirit of love. And most of us don't have the spirit of love. Now, the spirit of love can be found in marriage, but most times marriage never finds it. In other words, your marriage is under the law of love. You know it's under the law of love. It's a contract. You make vows. Just just Tuesday, we had a wedding. Do you promise to stay faithful? That's a vow. The only thing with those wedding vows, we didn't say what was going to happen if you break them. You know, till death do your part and all that stuff. Huh? No, that's a contract. That's a law. And that's where your marriage is. And you know how the Israelites, they died in the desert? 
Many marriages die in the desert because they're always about law. They never move to the place of the spirit of love. Now, the word marriage technically means a contract. But marriages or the relationship never moves. And that's why it says there's no marriages in heaven because there's no law in heaven. And marriage is a law. But there's love up there. But most marriages remain under the contract. And the relationship never comes over to the spirit of love. Where, you know, you, you, you learn to work with each other. You learn to forgive. You, you learn to do things and not want things in return. And sadly, not only are marriages dying in the desert because they rejected it. The Lord says, go up and go up and take hold of the promise that I have for you. And many times why our promises have not come to pass is because we're still trying to work them out under law. But when you move from the law of love into the spirit of love, then you realize you don't have to be perfect. I mean, you gotta, you got to put some effort. you got to try. Otherwise, you ain't in the spirit of love. The spirit of love says, I try. It doesn't say I'm perfect. It's saying I'm trying. The spirit of love says, I, I never stop trying. No matter how many times I mess up, I'm going to keep trying. But the law of love is always condemning and criticizing. Most marriages never get out of the desert. Most prophecies never get out of the desert. And most Christians never get out of the desert. You die right there. You die in religious love. The Old Testament was religious love. You die right there. You never come to the place of the spirit of love. In the spirit of love, I know that God is not so trivial. In the spirit of love, I know that my father understands when I am trying. He understands when I mess up. And when I mess up, he is faithful and just to forgive me and to be right there with me. But we don't live in that place, the spirit of love. Because we're too critical of everything. We think we're wonderful lovers. We think we're great Christians. But we send more people to hell than Satan. We show no mercy. We judge people. We do the same thing in some way or another. Or we break something and we have no compassion. Wives curse their husbands. Husbands curse their wives. And then they wonder why they're not prospering. Because you're still under the old covenant. Do you know it is possible in this life to move from the old covenant? Many of us think we're under the new covenant. We're not under the new covenant. We know about the priest of the new covenant. But Jesus was there in the old. Abraham saw him. Moses saw him. Lord, even David saw him when he wasn't chasing a woman. But just because they knew him didn't mean they was under the new covenant. And many of us as Christians, we still under the old covenant. And, what, and the reason we're there is because we're so lawful about everything. 
You shouldn't do this in church and you shouldn't do that. And I can't believe this one is doing this and I can't believe that one's doing that. And you're, you're not holy enough to worship and you're not holy enough to give God praise. Who is holy enough to give God praise? Who is perfect enough over here to give God praise? We think we are such great lovers. We think we're so good at loving Either they don't exist or the Lord ain't made the person that deserves me. You are not a great lover. You, you are quite the opposite because you have judged everything and everyone. That is not love. And some of us, we get caught up in our Christianity, but we're not in the spirit of love. We're in the law of love. Because everything that we look at and people we look at at work, in church, we got something to say about everybody, something we don't like. But the spirit of love. As long, it doesn't mean that if you have the spirit of love, then that's why they always want to crucify Paul because he used to talk about the spirit of love. He's saying it doesn't mean that we don't try to do good. James says, you know, faith without works is dead. It doesn't mean we're not trying, but the spirit of love. Are we in the general area? Are we in the, are we trying? Are we in the location of love? Once you understand the spirit of love, you realize that perfection has nothing to do with it. Amen. Wow. And the beloved theological word of sanctification reeks of death over here. But sanctification over here in the spirit of love is a word altogether different. Amen. It means... I know you're trying. I got you covered. It means I'm going to hold you till you can't sin no more. I know inside that you, that you love me. Other people can't see how much you love me, but I know you love me. And I'm going to hold you till you can't sin no more. I'm going to love you so much that you got to throw that sin away. I'm going to love you so much that you can't resist it. Just because I know that you love me. Now, let me say this. David was born under the law of love. But he, he learned about the spirit of love. When God said to David, what you did to your faithful servant, that soldier, you killed him and took his wife. That was not nice. But I'm not going to let your not niceness interfere with my niceness. Because I know, David, that you love me. And I know you're going to walk to the grave regretting that. And I know when you get to heaven, you're going to have to look that soldier in the eye. But I am still with you. I know that you love me. I and I know you think with your sexuality more than you do with your mind, but I love you. <laughs> David loved God even though he messed up so many times. 
So David knew about the spirit of love. Even though he was born under the law of it. Abraham learned about the spirit of love. Because against all odds, he reaped what God had promised. Something that was in a promise. The promise God gave to Abraham was before the law come along. God's intent all along. And his intent even, even in providing the law. The law is there so you can realize that you're not a good lover. The law is there so you can realize that you're terrible at it. It's not there so you can idolize it and think somehow or another you have mastered it. It is there to expose you. It is a light. The law came that we might recognize sin. Paul says, I wouldn't know what sin was if the law hadn't said it. But nobody can be saved under the law because we all fall short of it. And God says, I'm not handed everybody over to it that I can have grace on them all. That is all that would believe and all that would choose to love. All those that would reject love. What you had over here in your first encounters with the Lord. Yes, the Lord come into your life and he touched your life and he changed some things about you. You got saved. You got water baptized. You know, you walking holy. You dressing holy. You doing all that just because you trying to pay him back and you think there might be some more change in his pocket. But the truth is what you're experiencing back there at salvation, that is not you're experiencing your love. That's you experiencing his love. Whether or not if you're going to love him shows up over here. Under the spirit of love. See, this righteousness, you cannot obtain righteousness by law. Even if he was perfect, even if he was perfect, you could not obtain righteousness. In order for it to truly be righteous, you would have to have your heart in it. I don't care how good your church attendance is. I don't care how many years it's been since you cursed. I don't care how many months since you had a sexual thought. If your heart is not in it, it's not righteous. The only way that you can be declared righteous is when you do everything out of love for Christ. It is the spirit of love. The law taught me what sin was. The law taught me the consequences. If, if I keep doing this thing, I'm going to be exposed. The law taught me that. The law taught me it's death. If I keep trying to justify myself and doing my own thing, the law taught me that. And then I'm trying to be perfect and I realize I can't do it. But the truth is, this is just to make you look bad. So you can recognize what sin is. So you can really recognize what coveting is. 
so you can really recognize you just come into church because you want somebody to have sex with. You just come into church because you, you want some money. Uh, but, oh, Lord, you found some freedom so you can worship a little bit. Maybe you even come and worship a little bit. But everything you're doing is out of the law of love. Not out of the spirit of love. Uh, sometimes you give and your giving is out of the law of love. Sometimes you don't give as the Lord tells you to give. So you feel condemned. You know why you feel condemned? Because you're under the law of love. You feel condemned because it's been a long time since you gave God anything. But guess what? It's not the Lord condemning you. He don't need your money. That's you condemning yourself. And why is it you condemning yourself? Because you're under the law of love. The whole world is under the law of love. And sometimes you give and you give and you feel real good. You think you're the lover. Huh? But you care more about what people think about you. You care more about what you think about yourself. It feels good to give. Hmm? So you think more about yourself. There's no love in it. You're not in the spirit of love. You're in a religious love. Not the spirit of love. The spirit of love. The spirit of love. The widow put in her, her two mites. She put in everything. But sometimes the spirit of love says, huh? sometimes, not sometimes. God had rather have $20 in love than $100 under law. He'd much rather you give him $20. And you happy about giving him the $20. Then you give him 1000 Lord, you seeing what I'm doing? Huh? He'd much rather have that 20. Huh? And truthfully, he'd rather see you in church one Sunday a month than coming here thinking that the angels are going to see you and reward you. Now, sometimes the Lord will do things. Sometimes he'll do things. Sometimes he says, give, and I'll give to you. That's still under law. Sometimes he'll do that to teach you about him. But ultimately, he wants to get you over there where it's the spirit of love. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Huh? See, that, 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 that's law. When you, when you feel like you've got to give and you feel like you've got to do. Huh? That's law. You judge yourself by it. And the truth is, it's not God judging you. It's you judging yourself. Because you're under law. Because in your mind you said, if I don't do this, God won't do that. It's the beginning of salvation, but it is not the fullness of salvation. Because it's not the spirit of love. It's not the spirit of love. Huh? Always about, Lord, what would I need to do? And see, we like it when the Lord says... But mind you, this is, just, this is just the beginning. If you do this, I will do this. And you even make those same deals with God. Lord, I'll do this if you do that. See, there's nothing with love in there. 
That's religiousness. That's law. Huh? And when we get married, and we go on our honeymoon, and we talk all that sweet talk, and we make all our plans, honeymoon or before we make all those plans, is all hinged upon both people being faithful to the contract, true and true, and never breaking it. You're deceiving yourself. That is not love. Hmm? It's two idiots thinking they're the only people in a world that has eight billion people. Can that marriage move to love? When it moves to love, let me put it this way. When marriage moves to love, it's no longer marriage. It's love. Because marriage is a contract. It's love. That's love. That's love. Now I will do things for my wife or my husband because I love them. Hmm? Now I will do something. Even if they won't do it in return, I don't care. That's love. That's love. Now I will come into church and I'll do things for God. I don't know if, if the prophet saw it. I don't know if anybody saw it. This is something I want to do. That's why it says, in your giving, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. It's not so, it's not so you got to do it secretly. Unless you do it secretly, you make a law out of that. Unless you do it secretly, God's not going to bless you. No, what it means is to do it out of love. To do it out of love. Come to church tonight out of love. Out of love. I told you I had something more valuable than money. Hmm? Out of love. We just made the Old Testament and the New Testament so clear. So very clear. There's so many depths you could take this. But I'm not going to try to get too deep with it. I'm not going to try to explain all the whole aspects of it. But it's that simple. It's that simple. And here's the awesome thing. Right? Jesus spoke about it this way at the woman at the well. He says, you know, us Jews, we worship what we know. You worship what you don't know. But the time is coming. So he's talking about law. The way we worship is the correct way. The way you worship is not the correct way under law. But the time is coming when we will never either worship that stupid way that you're doing. No, our way. We shall worship not on either one of these mountains, but we should worship the Lord in what? In spirit and in truth. In love. And here's the awesome thing. This whole thing about coming over here to this place of the spirit of love. Hmm? Or as Paul says, the law of the spirit of life, but the spirit of love. Come in over here at this place. We still have this temple, kind of. We know Jesus went through it. We don't have to do that no more. It's done. But here's the thing. In the book of Revelation, the day is coming when in that city there's no temple. That means there's no contract. See, this is a contract. The law of love. 
law of sin and death. Don't do it, die. Do it, live. Then we move to this law, the law of spirit of life, of the new covenant, which simply implies the spirit of love, the, the intent, the intent, the spirit of love. See, sometimes we don't give people the freedom to love us. We tell them how to love us. And sometimes we're very critical. If they love me, they wouldn't do that. No, I, I have learned. I have learned the spirit of love. You don't look at everybody the same. Here's the difference between the law, the law of love, right? Judges everybody the same. A lie is a lie. Everything. The spirit of love does not judge by law. It's the intent. So I realize everybody's different. And I realize everybody loves God different. Sometimes they got some strange ways. And yes, they got other things in there like David did, but he still loved God. That's why he was the apple. God said, David's the apple of my eye, the adulterer, the skirt chaser that he was. Because when it come right down to it, David loved God. And that's what God was talking about. And so I realize that people love God different. I realize people love me different. And you must give people the freedom to love you in, in different ways. And you must learn to love people in different ways. You, you must learn. See, the, the law of love is always finding the one thing to kill them for. The law of love. Huh? That's why you're going through your lover's phone. They bring you flowers. They come home. Nah, I, I think something's going on. So you're looking for the one thing to kill them for. Huh? Now the spirit of love, God said to Abraham before the law. It was credited to him. Because Abraham believed God, it was credited to him as righteousness. Now remember... Righteousness can never be found in law because it's not done in love. Righteousness is only found in love. And to be righteous doesn't mean you always do everything perfect, but you always got the good intent to do it right. So even before. So what I what what I realize with what I realize with people and what I must understand with people, some people somebody's good at this, somebody's good at that, somebody's good at this. Paul put it this way. He says, you know, to each one is given the spirit. Hmm? Do all prophesy? No, but each one is given the spirit. Hmm? And the strong stand up for the weak. So you realize people love different. You got to accept people different. Huh? Some people wake up in the morning, nice, beautiful smile. You can play with them one time. And some people wake up. <laughs> oh, God. 
Now, the spirit of love is this, the intent. I know after you have your coffee. The sun will start to shine. Hmm? And I know there's some people, no matter what I'm doing, come, I need some help. They, they, they right there. Some people, you say, come, where are we going? What kind of shoes I need? So if you got to do something fast, you know not to ask them. But you love them. And you realize they love you. This is the thing. They love you with the capability that they have. Hmm? With the capability they have. I've seen people run away from God and they still tell me, but I love you. (laughs) And I love God. I know I shouldn't do this. Because see, some of us have stronger devils than others. Hmm. Now the Bible says, not a hint of sexual immorality will get into heaven. Now I want to make this clear. This, this, is not a, this is not a free pass for some of you that's not trying to get out of sexuality. So don't let me come and talk to you directly. Don't hear me wrong tonight. I'm not going to go there because that's not where I want want my message to go tonight. Right? If you don't try, you die. Because if you don't have love, I don't want to say you're in this group, but we've been talking about over here. See, some of you didn't realize that's why I was over here all the time because I was talking about the law of love versus the spirit of love. Now, if you don't try, you're under law. But when you're trying... When you're trying, and when you try it and you mess up, you, you, you repent. See, that's the spirit of love. That, that's the intent. I, I, I mean, I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I do that stupid thing. I don't know why I got so frustrated. I, I don't know why I got so aggravated. I don't know why I said that to you. Yes? Hmm? Somebody might say, well, I don't know why I hit you, but if they make a habit of it, you need to get better at ducking or leave them. <laughs> Because there's a place There's a place Where somebody is not trying But there's also this thing There's a place See over there Everybody's the same Over here You trust people You don't trust everybody the same Huh? You, you may know some people, they got lizard hands. What I mean by that is, it's sticky. <laughs> Especially money and things that don't belong to them. So, you, 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 don't, you, don't, you, you know they have that weakness. See, over there you judge everybody the same. Over here you judge with the spirit of love. So you don't judge everybody the same. Huh? To me, if you lay something down, if you leave your phone in the chair and somebody takes it, that's your fault. You may say, well, this is a church. You shouldn't steal in church. Listen, this is a house that brings salvation. Everybody ain't saved yet. 
Yes? So what does that mean? Don't leave your phone alone. Don't leave your wife alone. Your girlfriend. Because King David may be in the house. Because let me remind you, this was a contract, and this is a contract. We are not out of the, this contract. This is a contract. In this contract, that's a contract. You mess up, you die. This is a contract. That is the book of deeds in the book of Revelation. This is the contract. This is the book of life. That means if you're trying... Because when you try, he will give you his spirit to work with. Doesn't mean you'll ever get perfect. It doesn't mean that everybody's at the same place. But it's still a contract. And so unless you fulfill this contract, what contract? All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you can't call on him unless you believe in him. And you can't call on him unless you love him. And it's hard to call on him and believe him if you've trampled him underfoot a few times. So this is a contract. It's grace. And it's abundant grace. But if you abuse it, if you say, I'm just saved, actually, you never made it here. You're just there in the spirit of law. You never made it here. You never made it to this place. You just think you have. Because that's what happens a lot of times here. In the spirit of law, there's things you couldn't do under the spirit of law. You couldn't lust and you couldn't, you couldn't do things. You know, you, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, cheat on your husband or on your wife. You know, you couldn't go after the young girls if you're married and all that kind of stuff. You couldn't do that over here. You die. But it's something about some people get over here in the spirit of love and they start to think, oh, well, there's grace. There's no grace to sin. There's grace to be saved. Now, somebody hear me. There is no grace to sin. God don't give you no grace to sin. He gives you grace to be saved. If your heart is on sinning, then your heart is not on repenting. So don't think. But this is not the same of that. But this is still a contract. And see, that's why they wanted to crucify Paul because they thought Paul was talking about well God just loves you and you can do anything you want to do oh no Paul never said that he says I wouldn't know what sin was except for that that came that I could recognize it and so that I could come to the place where it's utterly sinful huh because I, I know people that, that you know when they first got saved there's things they couldn't do because it, it, was, it was awful and it was, it was terrible. And somehow you get over here. Even things you got saved from over here. God saved you from it, but now you're going back to doing it. You're not over here. You're deceiving yourself. You're really over there. Because you're over here doing the same nasty thing. And you think grace, there is no grace to sin. There's only grace to be saved. And if you sniff in the air, you ain't looking for salvation, so there ain't no grace. There has to be something in you that has that intent, the spirit of love. Because see, if your name is not in the book, 
See, once you come over here, just as you work your way out of law over into here, your name gets in the book. That means the true intent. Hmm? See, there's something interesting about David some of you may not know. David loved women. He chased women. He passed on the anointing to his son. And some of you don't realize David passed the anointing on to his son before he died. When David was old and it was wintertime, they put a virgin to lay with him. Probably not an ugly one. And David didn't touch her. Hmm? When you get ready to die, can you leave your sin alone? Hmm? Over here. Over here, you do something wrong and that guilt is always following you. You're always trying to do something to make up for it. Even in marriages. Huh? You mess up in marriages. And the husband and wife, they ain't going to let you off the hook easy, you know. It's going to cost you. But over here, over here, there's the forgiveness and, and there's the grace. But you got to want it. you got to have the intent of that love. It's got to be in your heart. The sin you, that you got saved from, it's still sin. Over here, no, 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 no. You might slip up over here, but it grieves you, it hurts you. That's how God knows you love Him, because your sin hurts. If your sin don't hurt, you're not over here under the spirit of love. You, you, you you're over there you never did really come out or if you did come out if you did come out you didn't come out into the spirit of love you just came out into damnation you you just entered into that contract with god lord i'm gonna give up my sin it feels good to give it up i know you're gonna give me a new car you're gonna give me this you're gonna give me that so it feels good but when the when when you it's not working the way you want it and you, you turn back to your sin. You're not really going over here. Sometimes you go over here and you just think you got grace, but you're lying to yourself. The truth is, you just, you left this. But over here, that's the intent. But this is a contract. That means you have to fulfill it. Just like you got to pay for the rest of the payments on your phone or what have you. You got to fulfill it. What is the fulfillment? To call upon His name. Hmm? What is the fulfillment? To repent when you realize you're doing wrong. Huh? Now in the book of Revelation, there's something that just is, is amazing. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, it says, I saw the city, but there was no temple in the city. Some of us don't know what that means. It means there's no contract. There's no contract. It's no longer under law. And it's no longer just under the Spirit. Because our relationship is perfect. And it says we see Him face to face. See, this over here, this is hard. It's hard. And that's why some children just go from bad to bad to worse and worse and worse and worse. Because their parents start to judge them. And even when they're trying to do good, they just realize their parents already got grudges against them. Hmm. You know how many parents got grudges against their children? 
They can't ever see their child doing good again. No wonder they get worse. You never gave them the opportunity to be forgiven as God forgave you. No wonder your husband got worse because you never gave him the opportunity to be forgiven. Ladies, you hear that? No wonder your husband got worse. Oh, no. Because it wasn't about, all right, I'm going to give you another chance. But your chance is still under law. I'm watching you. You mess up one time. One time. And you know how many times husbands and wives is watching the other one, but they've cheated themselves? Your children, we can't. Paul said to the Pharisees, you want the Gentiles to obey all these laws? We can't even do it ourselves. So now we come over here where we, I forgive you. There's no pressure. So if you messed up yesterday, right? Joy is renewed in the morning. You mess up yesterday. And I thank God for that blessing. No matter what stupidness you did yesterday, when I see you, I don't think about that. Amen. Not unless you're still doing it. So it's hard to forget about it if you're giving me a repeat. No. I thank God for that kind of love that I don't hold in my head how many times you messed up. How many times you did stupidness. Because here, I'm looking for the one thing. Jesus said it this way. He says, if you give one of these little ones a cup of water, because they're my disciple, you will receive a reward. And if you acknowledge my prophet, because he's a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. That doesn't mean that you do everything perfect. But when the prophet came to you, you honored him. That one thing got you a prophet's reward. See, under the spirit of love, I'm looking for the one thing. Hmm? If I wanted to find a reason to hate you, kill you, murder you, kick you out, believe me, as a prophet, I could do it. But I'm looking for the one thing. I'm looking for that one response. Uh, the woman that said, you know, even the dogs eat the crumbs under the bed. And the man that says, you know, you don't have to come to my house. Just give the word. He says, I, I've never seen such great faith. Did that mean they was perfect? No. But he looked for that thing. Do you look for the good thing in your child? Do you look for the good thing in your child and compliment it? Do you look for the good thing in your husband or your wife and compliment that? Whatever is lovely, think about such things. Huh? Huh? Your pastor, your prophet, your leader. You're looking for the one bad thing? If you are, you belong over there. Not there, but over there. But are you looking for one thing? Huh? If you look for that good thing in your marriage, you'll save it tonight. If you look for that one good thing in your child, you'll save it tonight. Because what happens is, 
you forgive. Huh? Sometimes the husband and wife cheats. Either they cannot stop cheating or they can't ever seem to come back because you won't let them come back. And you think they're the bad one. No, they messed up. And one day you'll mess up too because God will help you understand the gospel. Your day is coming. But they cheat one time. And you don't feel their love anymore. Can you feel their love anymore? Have you forgave them? Your child that never does anything good. Have you ever found one thing to give them the freedom to do good? woman caught in adultery there's so many situations in scripture there's so many illustrations in scriptures where Jesus found something good and spoke of that hmm? your boss you ever find anything good with them if you find something good with them you might get a promotion or a raise tomorrow anybody hearing me I know some of you are saints and you don't have to do this. Uh, am I telling you the truth? Huh? We, we think, some of us are carrying the law book, you know. We, we judging everybody. And it seems that most of us, we end up judging ourselves too. We might sear our conscience for a moment. And we think we think we're Christians, but we send more people to hell than Satan. How many people? It says you don't let you don't enter the kingdom of heaven, and you don't let nobody else enter. Huh? Oh, you're you're not good enough. Huh? You're you're not good enough to worship. You're you're not good enough to preach. You're not good enough to do this. You 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 got to do this. You you don't find one thing good. Abraham did one thing, and it was credit to him as righteousness. And all of us belong to him today because of that one thing. He believed God. He believed God was going to make him rich. Hmm? Not even a real holy thing. He just believed God was going to make him rich. Huh? See, I want this love, and I don't in any way say I have obtained it. But I thank God what I can see of it. And I thank God for this message tonight that's worth more than money. Uh, and this just gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. But we're afraid to forgive somebody, aren't we? Hmm? You're afraid to forgive your husband. Hmm? I don't know I'm talking about husbands. But you're afraid to forgive your husband. You're afraid he's going to keep cheating. Well, if he does, somebody will find him and shoot him one day. But at least when you get to heaven, it won't be you that shot him. 
But wouldn't it be so awesome to have this love that I can give you a chance because you did one thing. You have this in your credit. You, you did one thing. I like this. Uh, I like this. See, you could be the worst sinner in here. And I could say, I like this about you. You'd be amazed how easy it is to stand up and believe in Jesus when you got one point in your favor. But what if we were so forgiving and so loving? Huh? See, I could, I could, I, I, I've, I've seen this happen a few, a few times in this house. And it always seems when something great is about to happen in this house. I don't know why. I know it's not God. But it seems like every stupid thing that everybody has done comes knocking on my door. This one did this, this one did this, this one did this, this one this, and this one this. Maybe nothing major, some things are, should not have happened. And sometimes I say, Lord, how come, how, come I didn't, how come you didn't show me that? And he said, well, some things I don't show you because it aggravates you, but it's just got to go through the process. But it never seems that when there's a big blessing about to take place, the enemy... I could call it, I could call it Moses' dilemma. Uh, it's like Moses coming down off the mountain. He'd been with God, you know. Got the Ten Commandments. He coming down off the mountain. And all of Israel is tweaking. And Moses gets so upset, he, he just breaks all the laws. And supposedly Moses think, you know, Moses think God going to kill them all, you know. But there's that temptation there just to give up on everybody. Because it's like when something great is about to happen in this house, and I'm just using this as an illustration, when something great is about to happen in this house, it seems like I find out every ugly thing everybody is doing because things that happened three months ago, suddenly this is now the time to tell me about it. <laughs> and the blessing is on the tip of my fingers. The blessings on the tip of my fingers. I know God is about to release it. But right now, I am tempted just to kill everybody. <laughs> and it's not that I'm judging myself how much that that so much better. I mean, I, I, I see my faults. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying, but it seems like everybody just starts talking about this one and talking about that one and this one and everything. Things that happened months ago. And it's so easy to give up on love. And it hurts. It hurts 
to forgive people that don't deserve it. It hurts to forgive people who's done that so many times. But Christ suffered for us. The Word suffered for us. But here's the thing. God is ready to bless. The devil is upset that we're about to walk into something. And I'm stuck here in the middle having to love more than I ever had to love in my life. To say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Hmm. And sometimes when I look at individuals, I'm not deceived. I know who you are. But for some reason, God likes you and I like you. Probably just one little thing we like about you. So if I say I love you, don't get no big head. <laughs> It could just be one little thing, you know. <laughs> or maybe you ain't got nothing, but I make something up anyway. Because I know love covers a multitude of sin. <laughs> uh, mother and father, you know, you have the same responsibility with your children. Uh, they don't deserve a blessing but you forgive them because that's what the Lord would have us do uh, I want this love I want more and more of it I'm afraid it might kill me but I want it mm. would anybody like to have that love how many of you how many of you when you was trying to love you made up your mind okay God I'm going to love uh -huh. <laughs> See, I'm over here. It's probably about law. I made up my mind I'm going to be a good person. Not because, not because I, I love, but I'm going to be a good person because I want God to see me how loving I am. You ever realize when you, when you make up your mind or you set out, I'm going to love everybody today. I'm going to forgive. See, we are pompous. We have pride. <laughs> It seems like every devil within a hundred miles come your way. Every problem that could be a problem. Huh? And at the end of the day, you're Judas, not Mother Teresa. You can't let your left hand know what your right hand. Listen, when you love, I've said this many times, I quit trying to be good a long time ago. I realize, nah, not me, I can't do that. I just want to do the right thing. Because it's the right thing. I don't want to do the right thing because the angels are watching. I want to do the right thing because it's the right thing. Mm. The conviction of the Lord that was on me many years ago was this. 
And, and, and this, was, this was the thought that, that helped me to face God. Lord, I'm going to tell the whole world about you. Hmm? And if you decide to crush me with your foot, I am not even going to complain because I know I deserve it. Because I understand a little bit more about grace now and less about big feet. And, and today, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't try to do the right thing because I'm going to hell if I don't. I don't think that's love. I think that's law. I'm trying to do what's right because I don't want to go to hell. That's law. Law, sin, and death, right? So if you're trying to do what's right because you don't want to go to hell, listen. Well, there, there is consequences. But, but you need to let that go and realize God ain't so trivial. You need to just love. Because to me, to mislead somebody... To me, that, that's, that's wrong. Mm. To me, I, I, I don't want to mislead nobody. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be too rough on someone. I don't want to be too lenient on someone. And so the reality is, reality is you don't ever know if you're good or not. You just keep doing what you feel compelled to do. You keep doing what you think is the loving thing to do. And always realizing your love ain't perfect. And over the years, you realize that. You realize how to be more direct, less offensive. You realize how not to back up, be straightforward. You learn how to leave some things alone. No matter how much you want to pick it up and look at it. Huh? Lord says some of you in here tonight, you've got things you can't leave alone. You want to pick it up and look at it. A problem or a person. You've got people in your head, you can't leave them alone. Because you remember what they said last. You can't leave that person alone. Uh -huh. And they're not even around, so who's winning and who's losing? Am I talking to anybody? Uh, listen. Just leave it alone. Maybe, maybe tonight you even feel like killing yourself. Hello, that's not your business. That's not your business. I've learned that. I, I can't put my hands on me. I don't care how bad I mess up. Nah. If the Lord says, hey, let it go. You'll do better tomorrow. Let it go. Go, go apologize. He says, let it go. There's nothing wrong with it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're beating up on yourself tonight. You're not in Christ. If you're trying to beat up on yourself or anybody else, you're not in Christ. You, you're in law. That's the law of love. If you don't love me, I kill you. <laughs> That's not the spirit of love. The spirit of love is intent. Wonder how many times somebody tried to be nice to you and it just didn't come off that way. Wonder how many times somebody thinks something is a joke but it's not a joke. Hey, hey, hey. 
I wonder how many times it was intended as a joke, but you misunderstood it. And you're carrying it to this day. Huh? But tell me, have you ever thought about all the good things that person's done? And then you'll say, well, they ain't never done nothing good. But you know that's not true. You know, no matter how much you hate somebody, you think about one good thing they've done, and you'll forgive them. Hmm. Wouldn't it be awesome that every time Gabriel came around, Michael come around, and they'd see one thing you did good, and they'd leave you alone. Now, what's that one good thing you did? You fell in love with Jesus when you saw him. So don't say you never did do anything good. Hmm? You know, you come to this house tonight. That's a good thing. Hmm? Put a smile with it and you're blessed. And Jesus would say, as I forgive you, you forgive others. So if I can see you do one thing, I realize what? There's good inside of you. No matter how much evidence of bad, there's good inside of you. See that good in other people. Maybe they need some correction. If they're your children, see the good. Open the door so they can come back. If your husband or wife is, I don't know, misbehaving, why don't you open the door? Why don't you see something good and forgive them and see if God won't take care of the rest? Hmm? Yes, sometimes it has to be disciplined. Let God do his thing. God will always keep you safe. Here's the thing about love like this. It's scary. Because you think it makes you super vulnerable. No, actually it makes you very strong. There's power in love. To forgive people. Hmm? Hmm? Let the monkey scratch its butt. Just... Hmm? Hmm? Your sweetheart, your honey, they may not give you the affection or they may not see your desperate need for attention at the moment. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe you should give them a sign or something, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> The Bible says, do unto others as you would have them. To. I know, you, you've tried, but they, they don't. They don't love you back. See, you judge by so many things. You don't know. I don't care if it's your husband and wife. You don't always know what they're going through. You don't know what devils they're battling inside. And you're just there judging them that much more. Hmm? Now, this covenant will be over one day. And there will be consequences. But if we love and forgive, we have nothing to fear. And we will see him face to face. You know, 
I realized that in this life, chapter 22, the book of Revelation. book of Revelation is a beautiful book once you have eyes to see it. It's a beautiful book. It says, and his servants will see him face to face. They will see his face. There's no temple there. What does that mean? That means I can face God without wondering if I'm doing it right. I can pray to God without wondering if I'm praying right. I can pray to God without wondering if I'm being selfish or not being selfish. I can just talk to Him without religion, without any kind of contract. I can't even talk to God without saying, in the name of Jesus. I can talk to Him without olive oil. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Everybody see the scripture? We will conclude. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? Of course, one of those was Judas, but there were some other ones, right? This is the thing about law. It never likes the way love loves. Everything is about the right way. It's never about the spirit of love. See, Judas learned that lesson the hard way. And the rest of them that was indignant about it, they learned it the hard way. It's about love. Hmm? And what does Jesus say? I think this is the scripture, at least there's one. What does he say? Leave them alone. He says, they're doing this for my burial while I'm still alive. I don't know if it was true or the Lord just made it up on the spot. <laughs> no, this is what I believe. He found something good in it. All you're counting is money. Jesus says, I'm counting love. See, under law, all you count is money. All you count is the right and wrong. The Lord counts the love that's in it. And that's how he was able to see that the widow had put in more than everybody else. Not by, the, not by the equality or the commodity of money. She put in more love than everybody else. Huh? Two things the devil's good at. One, making you believe that God don't love you. And two, making you believe that you don't love God. Enough. Rebuke it tonight. Love God with all whatever capacity you have tonight. Love Him and your love will be accepted. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for this night. We got two more nights of this. Amen. I'm sure it's going to get awesome. Yes, Nicole, come please. Yes. Listen, there's an anointing in this room. Yes. This week, we're not going to play church. We're not going, you know, we're not going to do... Because sometimes you, you know, you, you try to get happy. You try to do other things. And then you forget the message. Anybody ever go to church and forget the message? No. No. This is the word of the Lord. Pray about it. Read. The Lord will reveal it to you. Your heart can change. 
And here's the thing. Once your heart changes to love, your life will be blessed because you realize God can bless you now without you penalizing yourself. Because you can love people. You can give to people without them being perfect. So God can give to you without you being perfect. Feel the love.